0: i'm ben easter and you're listening to the shift to freedom podcast the podcast that gives you the mindsets strategies tips and tricks to live your freedom and love your life If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much, maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, If you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Hey there, freedom seekers. Ever wonder about the hero that lives inside of you, ready to conquer the business world? Well, if you've been listening to our show for a while, then you know that we love exploring hero myths and using them to better understand our own heroic journeys. I wanted to make these stories even more actionable for you, so we built a way for you to uncover your business superpowers, avoid potential pitfalls, and see your entrepreneurial journey in a whole new light. Ready to discover your business owner hero type? Check out the show notes or head over to lucidshiftcoaching.com forward slash quiz to take our free quiz and learn which heroic energy you embody in your business. It only takes a few minutes and it's free. Your heroic journey awaits. Welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Ben Easter, and today I'm joined By Piper Watson, I'm really excited to have a conversation. Piper and I just really get along, and um, we met in a in a kind of coach training, and we're really uh, we're really kindred spirits. So I'm super excited to have you on today, Piper. Welcome to the show. Um, Why don't you we start by having you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your business, and what you're up to
1: over there? Absolutely. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited Mm -hmm. to be here. Uh, My name is Piper Watson. I am a four time creative multipreneur turned life and business coach (laughs) for people that are wanting to pivot to a life of more awesome. So that's what I do now. I've coached leaders in Silicon Valley to street artists in Detroit to leave their nursing careers, to go full-time in their artwork, and all of the themes are pretty similar no matter our place in life. So I've distilled this down into a really fun process that I love talking about, and I'm super excited to be here.
0: Yeah, it turns out it's it's pretty human to be human,
1: right? You know? It's pretty human to be terrified of change, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, right on. So, um, I I'm curious because so like the the thing that I most want to spend some time on and hear your perspective on I'm going to start with because I just I think it's going to be a fascinating topic is this heroines journey. Like, mm-hmm. tell us about the heroines journey and how and maybe like because people have heard of the hero's journey perhaps, but What's this heroine's journey?
1: Oh, yeah. This actually came about, it was a podcast that I was listening to uh, with Rob Bell and Kristen Henge, who is a storytelling um, professional and super amazing human. And when I delved into it, you know, a lot of us are very familiar with the hero's journey. You guys talk, you and Paige talk about it a lot with your different podcast episodes and Disney and how that kind of overlays with life, which I think is fascinating. Um, And we're really familiar with it, right? Like we pretty much probably everybody that's listening to this podcast is familiar with the Star Wars saga. And we can see it there where we have our hero and something crazy happens And he's forced to shift. There's like an external influence and he's forced to shift, make a change, change directions. And he kind of goes on a quest to find himself. Right. We're very familiar with what that story arc looks like and how he triumphs in the end. But the heroine's journey is a much more, you know, and this isn't like gender specific. It's more of an energy of masculine energy in the hero's journey. And feminine energy in the heroine's journey, which is much more internalized. We are faced with circumstances. And instead of going out on this quest into the world to get all the answers, to answer our questions and ponderings about the circumstances and to grow into our next level of being, we go inward. And we oftentimes want to go outward for answers. And I think what's fascinating about the heroine's journey is that we're really called to tune into ourselves, right? Our own intuition, our own answers. And we're not really taught how to do that in life in general, right? We're taught to go to a teacher, go to a master, go to someone, a doctor, someone that's smarter than you, that's been through all the schooling and knows all the things and to seek expert advice as to what to do. And I think that's what is so important to take away from the heroine's journey is that we all have access to it, male, female, uh, non-binary. It doesn't matter. Like, we all have access to going inward to find our own answers. And I think that's the beauty of coaching is helping people develop that skill set and that trust to go inward for their answers.
0: Yeah. And I, I love, and just also want to like highlight and underscore the, the difference between the, the energetics of the masculine and feminine energetic versus like male or female, mm-hmm. because we all have both, both. energies. Uh, sometimes I like to talk about them as yin and yang, because I Definitely. think sometimes that's like less charged up language. And the yang is like the outward active energy in the universe. And the yin is the passive, like settling kind of you know, quieter still energy, like the energy of the seed versus the energy of the, like the growing plant, that sort of thing. Um, and I think it's useful to, to have those distinctions because those distinctions exist in everything. And because those two are relative, you know, it's like there's a top side to the desk and a bottom side to the desk. And, you know, there's light and dark and all, and all those things. And we want both of those. We want the active force and we want the the resting force as well. And so it's, it's useful to keep that, that in mind.
1: Absolutely. I love that you touched on that. And I think that's a really beautiful way to think of it is the yin and the yang, the heads and the tails. I do um, a lot of my style of coaching is around energetics and what I call energy leadership, not just The typical leader, but literally how you lead with your energy in every part of your life and every role in your life. And we always want to have a balance. Everyone is craving balance. And this is the first place to start is how much of this one energy are you bringing to the table? The force, the doing, the being, the getting out there, the young energy, and how much of this other energy are you bringing into the table? The going inward The quietness, the reflection, the nurturing, the the pausing, the self-trust and compassion. And we got to have both.
0: Yeah. And I think that's like a really useful thing to think about is because either of them gets out of balance. I mean, if either gets too much, then we'll have some kind of challenge will come up, you know, we'll, if we're too active, we might experience burnout. If we're too passive, we might not get some of the things that we want in the world. You know, like we won't be, we won't affect change in our environment and we'll start to feel disconnected. And so we want to have both. And and I think um, that actually, maybe that is a a segue into the next question that I want to ask you is how, how do you think someone knows when it's time to approach like from a masculine, like a hero's journey kind of a, uh, like part of their path or when is it time to go into like the heroine's journey part of our path? Like how, how would, how would someone listening, maybe
1: make that distinction for themselves? That's a great question. I'm so glad that you asked that. Well, I think people can tell when they need to go into that hero's journey path, the more masculine, more action is when they don't have the results in their life that they thought that they should have at this point or hoped that they would have. So that's always a signal to me. If you don't have the results, you're probably not taking enough action. Mm -hmm. Or it might be an action that we think is actioning, like researching, right? I see this a lot with people in career pivots where they're like, well, I just need to go back to school. And that's fine. And we learn a lot, right? Love school, love education, but we can hide in that because it can be very reflective as opposed to taking that knowledge and going out into the world and doing something with it and having action with it. And I can tell when people need to maybe go into the reflective energy when they're feeling burnt out. When they're showing me their calendar and it's jam packed, there's no spaces in between. They say things like, I just never have enough time. I'm always late to everything. Right. Like those types of signals might mean, hey, let's build in some space. Let's build in some reflective time. Might be time to turn on that slower energy that's more nurturing and reflective
0: yeah i've been doing a lot of thinking on this in my own life recently because i was i'm like I was being a little bit young, I think, and just noticing that I was like doing a lot of stuff and feeling that burnout and I think one of the questions that 's really important to ask oneself when that's happening is to like when slowing down, what are the priorities like what and maybe at a very high level it's like what is a meaningful life to me like what is actually important to me as a human being and then in a more granular level, it's like, well, what are the, what are the standards that I hold for myself? And what, like, what is actually important for me to do, given that there's a finite amount of time and energy in the world? Like, what are the things that are my highest priorities? And, um, and so I actually, I'm curious, how do you think about the prioritization process? I, I'd really be interested to hear. Cause yeah, I know you help people who are like in the pivot, like, should I, shouldn't I kind of energy <laughs> yeah. sometimes?
1: Or you know, right, I so did you it and it didn't work. And now what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's such a great question, Ben. And even as you were talking about it, I was thinking, you know, there is a cycle to actioning and reflecting, you know, that yang energy and yin energy. And some people like traditional Chinese medicine practitioners, those those were actually some of my clients that had acupuncture clinics. I learned so much from them and that there can be Mm. seasons to that, and mm-hmm. that can help you with prioritization, just signaling to yourself, like, oh, this I am intentionally deciding is gonna be a very active season for me. And then this is gonna be a more reflective season. And you can tune in to your calendar, your family's calendar, the school year, like your own energy levels throughout each season to decide ahead of time what that cycle is going to be and allow yourself to have a cycle. Like we can't always just be go, 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 or reflect, reflect, pause. Like we do need the change of it because I, you know, humans love change, even though we kind of fight it sometimes, like we love the newness of something fresh. And so noting the cycle of action and inaction can help you prioritize. So one thing I would say is when people are in an action period of doing and being and getting out there, that it's really important to prioritize. And I can see the to-do lists, right? Everyone's got the thousand things on their to-do list. But I like to have what's called an idea filter. And I think you and I have talked about this before in off conversations of have a way to check with yourself, As to whether an idea is actually worth putting on the to-do list. So I call mine my rule of three. If an idea comes to me one time, I'm just going to let it go. Right? Good meditative practice, Vipassana meditation. We're just going to let that one go. (laughs) If it comes to me a second time. Okay. I might jot it down in a notebook. Like, oh, that's interesting. And if it comes to me a third time, that's when I might plot just one small action step, because I feel like true clarity on anything comes from taking action. But when we're writing this huge to do list and we're not breaking things down into simple steps and then prioritizing those simple steps into, you know, one to three things to focus on each day. It can be incredibly overwhelming. And then doing the things, yeah, and having (laughs) a system to hold yourself accountable, whether it's alarms on your phone or your calendar, or I have people that do like the star stickers from elementary school, and they put it next to a thing that they do. Whatever it is for you, like make it fun, make it incentivizing, but cross it off the list. Celebrate that win, before you go on to adding another thing to the list,
0: yeah, I love that. That rule of three is something I've used for years since college, even around books. Hearing, you know, hearing a book one time, it's like, all right, cool. But if I hear it about a second time, all right, all right, my radar's up. But then that third time, it's like, all right, cool. That's the book for me. Yeah, to
1: time read to buy the book. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I like I like that those books as a metaphor too, because you have, there's infinite. Book. I mean, you, you could spend the rest of your life reading books, and you'd never read all the books, which is a great metaphor for opportunities in the world as well. There are infinite opportunities that you could act on. There will always be more things that you could do than that you can do. And so having some way to filter, what are we deciding on? you know, What are we actually going to take action on in this moment? I think it's really useful. Yeah.
1: There's there's another piece too that I just want to pause for a second and share with, if somebody is in more of a reflective, nurturing part of their life, to make sure that they're prioritizing non-negotiables, you know, like the one to three things that they have to have each day to feel like a whole human. And that might just be five minutes of quiet staring out the window with that first sip of coffee or 20 minutes of walking or 20 minutes of reading at the end of the evening, laying in bed, like whatever it is that one to three things that make you feel whole, that should absolutely be prioritized, especially when you're in that more nurturing, restful, reflective phase and allowing that space for yourself. It's just gonna underscore that that's what we're doing right now and it's okay and it's letting you be in spaciousness because I don't think that a lot of people are comfortable with space. You know, people get kind of antsy and feel like I should be Mm -hmm. doing something. I don't want to appear lazy. I don't want my spouse to think that I'm not doing anything or whatever thoughts that we have about that and kind of societal pressure to like always be busy, almost as if busy is like a badge of honor. I think the opposite is true. I think, you know, flexing your muscles to learn how to be spacious and appreciate yourself for that is a superpower.
0: Yeah. And even in action phases, I think spaciousness is really a useful, Mm. um, like lens to kind of put things on. It's like, well, what if I had to get this thing done in a smaller period of time? how how do you think about that like how how do you think about what that action looks like you know cuz cuz again the the study the you know the reflection, those are things that are like really eat up time like oh i got to figure out how to do this thing and it's like well you'll learn a lot from just doing it yeah. you know what i mean and so and so i think like um cre- creating spaciousness all the time anytime in your reality to have that balance cuz you know the the yin yang metaphor is great because it, it exists on a you know on a daily basis, it exists on a seasonal basis, it exists, you know, in an hourly basis. There's there are times when we're on and times when we're off. You know what I mean? Times when we're consuming food and times when we're pooping. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Like totally. <laughs> that's like that's like the way that it goes. It and out. So, yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: And so so to have that, to think I think as a lens, I think Chinese the Chinese medicine is a really great example because as a lens of understanding balance, I think mean, that's really useful. And you know, think about it the seasons is a great metaphor as well. Like you wouldn't want summer all the time. Yeah. What would happen to the earth, to your environment? If you had summer all the time, everything would burn up. And like, you, I mean, you might have like, you might have, it would have, be a very abundant in the beginning.
1: You'd have a great right? tan, you'd run but out
0: of water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but then things start to crack and break down and then everything burns out and dies. Yeah. So you want to have both.
1: Yeah. We, I, we need the balance. We need something to look forward to.
0: Yeah, totally. Let's talk about stuckness, Piper. I want to hear your perspective on stuckness. I think this is one of the things that comes up so often. Early stage business owners, I think stuckness is one of the things that gets in the way of people's emotional freedom Mm -hmm. so often. What's your what's your perspective on stuckness? What is it? Where does it come from? Like, what do, how, what
1: do we do about it? I love stuckness. I get so excited when people say I'm stuck. <laughs> and they're like, you said you're, no
0: one ever. No one just, ever <laughs> except for
1: Piper Watson, right? Like, <laughs> I think stuckness is such a gift. And I think where we get it wrong is that we shame it. We feel bad yeah. about ourselves. Like, I'm stuck and I'm not supposed to be stuck. And I think stuckness is like your biggest Green flag. I wasn't going to say red flag. I don't know. I could go on a tangent with that metaphor, but it's your signal. It's your sign. Like, hey, you got to slow down for a second and take a look at something. What is that? Stuckness usually tells you exactly what to take a look at. The discomfort comes with. It might not be a convenient time to take a look at it. You might not have the answers that you're seeking yet or on the other side of it. You might not know what you want your life or your career or your business to look like on the other side of it. And so it can compound the feeling of stuckness. And the simple solution is, is just to have a process to not feel bad about yourself that you're stuck and to move through it. That's it. It's a very simple process. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: love it. So can you maybe give us an example of, of, for instance, of how this might show up? Like, what do you, like, let's say somebody's experience, somebody who's listening to this right now is feeling stuck in their life. Um, And, you know, career is a way, is a, you know, like I'm feeling stuck in my business or something like that. Let's say they've got that going on. First of all, how do they not feel shame about that? Mm Because I think there is a, there is a really common narrative that like you should just know and you know, everybody else has figured this thing out and why can't you figure it out? Right. Mm-hmm. And there's like, and there, there is a path and it's not that hard to figure out, you know, like, so there's all this like story about like what, how we should be. So what do we do about that first?
1: Yeah. I mean, if that's going the on? simplest answer is to, to go in, to ask yourself some really thoughtful questions. Who am I? What do I like? What are my strengths? What does light me up? We're not really taught to do that. Like that. that's actually how you discover what's next. I'm making air quotes for our listeners, you yeah. know, and whether it's where's the next place that I want to live, let alone what's my next career move or what's the next yeah. business that I want to start. Right. We're not taught that it's a process of asking yourself very specific questions. What's important yeah. to me? What do I value? What lights me up? What, um, I'm kind of giving you the cliff notes here. This is like two or three sessions. Yeah. What are my standards? What are my expectations? What do I want my life to look like? What kinds of relationships do I want to build? just,
0: What do I take a stand for? Exactly. What's worth
1: fighting for? What
0: what pisses me off?
1: Right. These are all like really great emotions to tap into to see like what makes you feel alive in all of the spectrum of emotions. Right. And then see, okay, what's the Venn diagram? Like what where's the overlap? The overlap is always going to give us answers. And so the second piece to that when people are feeling stuck is they usually know what that answer is. It's, okay, we're going to go through this process. And so you can hear yourself say these things out loud, even though you already know what this answer is. The second piece is giving yourself permission to trust that answer, to take steps towards that answer. Mm. And I think that's because a lot of people, you know, even you think back in childhood, right? Like I remember... (laughs) choreographing, don't judge me, Ben, choreographing uh, dance numbers to John Bon Jovi's Slippery When Wet album that I had on vinyl in 1987, (laughs) like in my bedroom with my friends. Shout out to Shannon Miller if you're listening, right? (laughs) Like there was something about that that I was so passionate about. And I mean, does it translate into I am a backup dancer choreographer for like hair metal bands. No, but like, that. I, I like performing and I like organizing and I like creating and I like self-expression. And it's like, those are, you know, looking to your past, looking to your present for clues and then giving yourself permission to lean into those.
0: Yeah. I love this so much because I think so many, cause this is very related to like the purpose question. And I think people get so hung up on the purpose question. Like there has to be some like larger than life you know huge massive thing and you have to decide on it and it's like it's already written in the stars and you have to like kind of figure out what it is and there's like so much pressure around that that I think it can actually get in the way of the process because what you're saying like we can you don't this isn't something to like be invented or, you know, really discovered in some way. It's like, this is a thing that could be noticed in you. What are the things that you've always loved to do? What are the things that you've found easy, you know, enjoyable? If I were to give you a microphone in front of a hundred people right now, what could you talk about for 20 minutes without, you know, any preparation at all? Like these kinds of questions I think are really useful because it's not something that you have to like go and do some work. You just have to be willing to listen to what has already been in your life and what's already happened, and that sort of thing. yeah,
1: and be willing to like let it just unfold, like I have a client that I've been working with now for almost a year, and you know he's pivoted in his career, he's at a higher paying role, um but that was we discovered was really just to make some room and support and create some bandwidth for him to pursue. Just creative things just for fun that have no particular purpose. So, like, right now he's starting this. Whole YouTube channel, and he's like interviewing, you know, different people in his area about their favorite foods and these kind of like hidden gems in his town outside of Atlanta, like restaurants, things to do. And it's just because he loves people. Like he's so curious. He loves talking to people. He loves asking them questions. He loves food. He loves connecting. He loves community. And we just discovered oh, like this is this can be your outlet for that. And it doesn't have to have a purpose. Like everything in our Western society is telling us like, it has to have a purpose. You know, there's only so much time in the day. And I don't think that's true. I think it's important to have things that don't necessarily have a purpose, but they serve a passion that you have. Maybe over time those things overlap, but it's when we're trying to make our passion serve a purpose right from the get-go, even when we're not super clear about it, it's almost like, having a baby, <laughs> like as the baby is being born, you're like, okay, where are you going to go to college? What do you want to study? Right. Like, what do you want to do when you get out of college? What size house do you want? Where do you want to live? Like it's so much pressure. And it just like takes away all the fun, all the joy, all the playfulness out of it.
0: Totally. I think the same thing goes in like with our marketing and things like that. Cause you're always told like, be laser focused on your audience, be laser focused on you know, your offering and that sort of thing. And it's like, well, maybe, but that, that usually happens in hindsight, not in foresight. It's like, you know, we didn't start with lasers. I, mean, I love that <laughs> the metaphor is a laser. Yeah. We didn't start with lasers. We started with fire and yeah. fire, which, you know, it took us a long time to have fire before we could even figure out like, oh yeah, you can walk around with fire and then that'll light up some places, you know? And then it wasn't until a long time later that we had electricity that would, you know, allow us to do something like that in a, in a more general way. That's you know? such a and great so,
1: metaphor. Totally. Right. <laughs>
0: Right. And so it's like, you know, give yourself permission to be, to have fire for a while and yeah. explore and figure out what, what it is and listen, listen to what, like, you know, I, I love the metaphor of like a compass inside of us that kind of points us toward what we want mm-hmm. and that we can kind of like, just the more we listen to that, the more we find that our world is full of the things that like kind of light us up and that we get excited about.
1: Yeah. And there's so much trust in the process, right? Like, True clarity comes through taking action. Like you're not going to know from where you're sitting right now. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon. Mm -mm, Okay. So there's, for all you listeners out there, anyone who's been to the Grand Canyon, you're going to know what I'm talking about. You drive and drive this like flat ribbon of road. And then you end up in a parking lot and there's like some Ponderosa pines and you can't see anything. So you get out of your car, you see a sign at the edge of the parking lot. You're, oh, okay, I'll go walk over, see what the sign says. And there's something about, you know, desert marmots or bald eagles or whatever. And then you look up from the sign, and you're, oh, there's one of those coin op viewfinders. I'll walk over there. You go, you walk over there and you notice on the way there's a guy selling Grand Canyon schwags. So you make a pit stop and you talk to him for a while. Then you go to the coin-op viewfinder and you look at it and oh my god, it's the Grand Canyon! But you would never have seen it from the parking lot. Like you got to follow the breadcrumbs of the things that you're interested in, so then you can see the the big picture.
0: Love it! I love that. Follow the breadcrumbs. I think that's a really just such a beautiful thing to give ourselves permission to do, to not have the answers, you know what I mean, right now, you know, and to just listen and to give ourselves some exploration time. Now, look, there's practical considerations in the world. We got to be able to continue living and surviving in order to do that, to have the time and the space to do that. Uh, But, you know, more and more, we can kind of, you know, move the, you know, move the pendulum or, and whatever the pick your metaphor move in the direction of what we in the in the directions of the grand canyon and find what we're looking for that way as a as a gradual process of intermediate steps with pit stops and with yeah. viewfinders along the way
1: yeah get, put 10 of your time towards it and then maybe up it to 20 and just like see what happens
0: i love that i love it so much um okay what about let's uh, the final thing that i wrote because you know i want to be aware of time but the final thing i want to talk about is uh Dreaming and dreaming bigger. What do you, how do we think about, because Grand Canyon is a great metaphor and, and segue into bigger things. So how, how do you approach dreaming and with clients and thinking about like what's possible in their lives and where they're going?
1: So for the most part, I have found, I mean, I, I feel really lucky. Like I get clients that can dream pretty big and it's really exciting and super fun to coach, but we're all human and we all go through fer- periods of our life where We just aren't feeling that way. And it can be hard to dream, especially if we've kind of been stuck in this groundhog day feeling to even think outside of it. Or maybe there's um, some very real like financial pressures or emotional pressures or strain or, you know, life PTSD that's kind of keeping us from being able to dream bigger. And so same thing that we just talked about, like the Grand Canyon parking lot, we just want to stretch ourselves incrementally, like what's our big dream for today? And then I might check in with somebody in a month and then two months and three months. And I I typically work with people in six month chunks. So we're always kind of checking back in like, what's that dream? I even use visual aid tools like Pinterest boards is really fun to help people have an organic vision of their lives, like kind of always checking in, always adding to it, really contemplating on it. I walk people through some visualization exercises um, and have a workbook that goes alongside of it so that they can start to stretch. But that really is the key is just setting aside time to allow yourself to dream, like give yourself a blank check in your dream, right? What would you do with it? What kind of experiences would you want to have? And then if all else fails, just go have an adventure, just go travel somewhere you've never been before. And you've always wanted to go, even if it's 10 miles down the road to a local hiking trail that has always been on your list. It doesn't have to be crazy, but get outside of your normal everyday routine, shake things up and then ask yourself, you know, what do I, what do I want in my life? What do I want to create? How, what do I dream of? And I think that's, the key is just incremental stretching and getting yourself out of your normal everyday routine.
0: I love that. Cause to go back to the metaphor of the baby, you know what I mean? Like you don't ask the baby what they want to do, like what, where, which college they're going to go to or what they want to do for a career because the baby doesn't have any experience at all. Yeah. You know? So I think there's like two parts of this and we're, again, we're going back to the yin and the yang. There's like the receiving part and then there's the acting part. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if you, if you haven't, if you're not giving yourself those receiving experiences, in order to like integrate and then, you know, project out into the future, I think we're missing a piece of the the process. And that sometimes that's why it's hard is because we're not like taking the time to reflect and to like, you know, literally reflect, you know, reflect our environment, reflect, you know, wh- what we've uh, encountered in the world, that sort of thing.
1: Absolutely. Oh, I love that. That's a great way to put that for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's always, yeah. oh, it's in and out, in and out. We eat, we poop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally, exactly. <laughs> and that's going to be the title of this. episode.
1: Yeah. We, eat <laughs> we eat and poop with Piper um. Watson.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the other, and the other thing that I think is uh, useful to think about with that is, you know, because w- I-, I think sometimes part of like dreaming is, is a little scary for people because you know once you have the dream, especially if you tell anybody about it, now all of a sudden it's like a real thing in the world, and there's like this kind of pressure that can happen. And so I, I also like to hold space for. Dreams being kind of sketched in pencil, mm-hmm. and you know you can always you can always rework your dream. I like this idea that you're talking about, like an iterative dreaming process, where you check in in a month and you check in in two months. And you check, you know, and you're like looking at, it, but give yourself permission to like have the that vision board that you have on Pinterest not be like a destination necessarily that you're trying to get to, but like an, a way of exploring how you're thinking about where you want to get to right now and let that be kind of part of the unfolding process i think is really a useful way to look at that
1: yeah absolutely and always kind of checking in with how you feel when you read back if you write in a journal the things that you're thinking of creating in your life or if it's a pinterest board or however we're keeping track of it just notice how you feel because one thing i found too is sometimes people will dream of a thing that's kind of always been on their mind and at a certain point in our work together, they realize, oh, that's not actually my dream. That might've been like a parent's dream or a spouse Mm -hmm. or whomever. Right. And it's really interesting when those things come up and how freeing it can be to like, let that go and what space that even creates. So, Penciling things in, being okay with taking things off if we realize it's not actually ours or, you know, just reconfiguring it and letting go of the timeline. That is probably like the biggest tip there is like let go of the timeline, (laughs) like just have fun with the dreaming and continuing to take aligned action towards the thing in whatever steps are Sustainable, so that you can be consistent. Because if you're making consistent steps, it's kind of like paying a mortgage, right? Like it doesn't look like you're paying much principal for a while, a while, while. And then all of a sudden it rocket ships and you're paying off all this principal and it's amazing. It's the same thing. And if we let go of the timeline, it just is so much more fun and enjoyable instead of, you know, white knuckling it. Like, when's it going to happen? When's it going to yeah. happen? <laughs>
0: yeah yeah, patience. Um this is great. All right, so I love this conversation. Any final thoughts that you'd you'd add for anybody out there, you know wanting to experience more freedom in their lives in their businesses, any any like principles that you'd you'd hold on to or that you want to put a bow on?
1: Oh my gosh. yes. give yourself the gift of clarity, like sitting down, you know, tapping into your heroine's journey, asking yourself thoughtful questions, like defining freedom for yourself. And then do what you need to do to build the confidence to go for it, whether it's working with a coach, like telling friends, like getting a peer group together, you know, curating your consumption, the people that you're around, the energy that you're consuming from them, the media that you're consuming, the people that you're following on social media, like really curate that to help you build the confidence and then break your steps down. Make it so simple. You can't not do it like that really is the. The key to shifting to freedom is like making it simple. Yes, it could be difficult, but it doesn't have to be complicated.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. And simple, you can do but it. Not necessarily easy.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Oh, well Piper, where can people get a hold of you if they like this, they really resonate with your style and they want to like talk to you about coaching maybe or even just find out more information about the way that you think about the world? How can they find you?
1: Yeah, happy to have a conversation. I love talking about this stuff. They can find me at piperwatson.com or at the Piper Watson on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm very googleable. <laughs> and awesome. easy to find.
0: Well, it has been So great talking to you. I'd love to have you back sometime because I think there's like a million more things that we can talk about, but this has been really great. Thanks for showing up.
1: Thanks so much, Ben. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah. And for all you listening out there, live your freedom and love your life. Hey there, shifters. If you enjoy the podcast and you've been wanting to take your game to the next level, you might want to hear about our new program. We're calling it The Mindset Gym, and it's a virtual community where we take all the tips, tricks, and strategies, and we put them into practice. Ever notice how when you go to an exercise class, you always seem to push a little harder than when you work out on your own? Well, the Mindset Gym is like a group exercise class for your business. Imagine a community of badass business owners coming together a couple of times a month to work on their mindsets, strategies, and find some business besties. It's all about practicing together. Sound like something you might want to be a part of? Check out the link in the show notes or go to lucidshiftcoaching.com forward slash the dash mindset dash gym to learn more. thanks so much for listening to the shift to freedom podcast if you want to get the most out of your time here think about this what's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.